0: Hey podcast listeners, Al Martin here. Thank you for listening as always. Guess what? Mr. Steve Templeton, the producer, their steady producer, always in, all the time, thinks he has to take vacation. See how this works? The audacity of vacation. Whatever. Anyway, so this week we're going to have a replay, but the good news is it's a great replay until Steve comes back and decides to be all in, all the time, again. Anyway, Steve Have a good vacation. We'll see you when you return. You're listening to Making Data Simple, where we make the world of data effortless,
1: relevant, and yes, even fun.
0: Welcome to Making Data Simple. Uh, I think we are on every venue out there, iTunes, Spotify, IBM's Big Data Hub. Please leave us a rating. Provide ideas at uh, almartintalksdata at gmail.com. Uh, please follow me on Twitter at amartin_v. underscore V. And yes, that V stands for the fifth. Believe it or not, I- I'm the fifth. Uh, it gets me into all kinds of trouble when I'm trying to get on a flight. People don't get what the fifth is. Henry VIII would have had a hell of a time flying, I can tell you. And speaking of Henry VIII, I have somebody from the UK, from Britain. My, he is Mr. Joe Pavitt. He's a master inventor, emerging technology specialist for, with IBM Research in, in, in Hursley. And let's see if I can let's see if I can do this justice. And then I'm going to turn it over to you, uh, Joe. But like I said, master inventor, uh, six years master in aerospace engineering. Um, Focus uh, 50-50 across aerospace and sports industries. I don't know how you get that job. That's that's a pretty good gig. Also, artificial intelligence, data visualization, augmented and virtual reality. Um, you must also just say, hey, look, I'm not going to do any of the boring stuff. So uh, sounds like you got the perfect job, my man. Yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it keeps me busy, that's, yeah, that's for sure. Well, welcome, welcome. I, I know you look and, and you're really... You've got a long career to go i mean pretty young uh i think you started as an intern seven years ago now you've at 13 patents master inventor I'll, I'll 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 stop there i'll let you introduce yourself you've already made me feel bad so i got I, i've got
1: i i've got to sit and think about what i'm going to do about my career <laughs> yeah so uh thank you for the for the introduction um it's nice to meet you um yeah it i i studied aerospace engineering at university um, whilst that university did an internship at IBM, um, which is called Extreme Blue, it actually runs all around the world. Um, and in, in IBM Europe, they kind of have this big competition across all the different countries. It runs every year. Um, I did it in 2012. Um, and at the end of that was was offered a, a full-time job back at IBM. So I finished my master's um, and then came and joined IBM. And after about a year, 18 months in IBM, joined IBM Research. Um, and have been involved in a whole range of different technologies. i so, very fortunate I kind of get to play as for a living so um, any cool new ideas I come up with um, get the freedom to go and explore them work with clients across varying Mm -hmm. industries Um, but given my background in aerospace that's kind of where I I started my my interest and and work Um, and work with the likes of NASA or the International Space Station Um, and then I've made the natural transition into sports Um, so uh, yeah that's been another passion of mine for for as long as I can remember. So um, I'm fortunate enough that IBM do a lot of work in the sports industry. um, And and particularly over the last 18 months or so, um, that's really where I've started to explore the use of data, um, conversational interfaces um, in and around data in sports. So what sports are you passionate about? So I got brought up playing rugby, football or soccer, I guess I should say, apologies, Um, and, (laughs) uh, and cricket um when I was about 11 I started playing a lot of basketball um as well so I was playing competitively at, at county level or kind of the equivalent of state level I guess um for basketball throughout my secondary school um high school I'm gonna have to keep doing the English to US translations aren't I um no, and no, so we'll uh, and so yeah so that's the the general part so I, I got brought up in and around sports a lot um and yeah like I say fortunate enough now that I get to get to live that for a living do that for a living sorry
0: so you can be a jock and a nerd at the same time. That's fantastic. That, that,
1: yeah. Oh, very much so. Um, yeah, definitely. And that was very much my reputation at school as well. <laughs> <laughs> a,
0: a, a jock nerd, huh? Yeah, hey,
1: exactly.
0: Well, you must have been fighting off uh, uh, the women or something because uh, they would love that. They, you're going to be rich and uh, you can play sports. <laughs> it's all good. Well, I'm happy so, right uh, now. happy now. Yeah. <laughs> so you did well. All right. Very good. Very good. So. um so let's have a discussion, just like we're at a bar. Speaking of bar, I got to tell you, uh, I, I well, let, let me ask you this: if, if we're sitting at the bar right now, what what drink of choice do, do you have in your hand right now?
1: So that's an interesting question because I actually don't drink alcohol.
0: Oh, that's Excuse. because you're a sports guy. You're drinking and, and, and chocolate uh, milk.
1: Honestly, <laughs> it actually, is yeah. Um, it, I I got into the habit when I was in my teens. Um, I would I would very rarely have a drink because I was playing stupid amounts of hours of sports a week. Um, and, and playing each of them at quite decent levels, so drinking was just never really an option. Um, and I just got into the habit and went off to university, and even then, kind of just carried on in that same path. And it'd be such a big deal for me now to start drinking. Like even when I got married, everyone was like, "Oh, you got to have champagne on your wedding day." And I can't, I can't exactly tell the story that the, the, the day I started drinking was the day I got married. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's something that never really happened, actually. Well, so
0: then what do you have in your hand? Then you got a tea. What? I oh, know, but probably just a coke or a,
1: a soft drink of some kind. Nothing too, um, nothing too fancy, well, uh, really. Soft, a uh, soft drink is not exactly healthy. No, that's true. That is true. But I was allowed soft drinks, so uh, it was the alcohol that was a bit of a no-go early on. All right, fair enough.
0: So you drink your soft drink. You can have a coke or something in your hand. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, I'm you gonna, feel I'm free gonna, to I'm drink away. I'm gonna away. go with an IPA. And oh, hey, yeah. if I'm in, if I'm in England I'm probably going to go with a pool beer too. I, I you know yeah. we we call those warm beers over here. I love them. Some people don't. I think they're great. Oh yeah, very popular. <laughs> anyway, uh all good. You know, by the way, see the difference between you and I is I'd show up at football practice, the coach would look at me, I'd be sweating profusely, he'd go, "You're dehydrated, aren't you?" <laughs> <laughs> I'd say, uh- "Just I'll be fine. Just I'm just. Give me five <laughs> I, minutes. Get a lot of water. Yeah. <laughs> he was usually right too. All right. Hey, look. You've got thirteen patents. Uh, is that correct, or you've got even more
1: now? Yeah, I think it's probably even more now. Actually, I think I'm probably in the region of the high teens, uh, somewhere somewhere in that ballpark. So, give me an example of a couple of the patents that you
0: found that are most significant or that you're most proud of. Uh, it's interesting. So I've
1: got a, pretty good, a few a few different reasons. Um, one of the approaches that I like to take when inventing or, or coming up with no, new ideas is um, this approach that I call called what annoys you. So just live your life as in very conscious of things that annoy you. Um, and annoyingly, you can't patent solutions to people, but um, technical problems you can solve. So anything that annoys you technically, I always just write it down on a post-it note. Um, And maybe once a week or once every other week, I will just bring those ideas together. We have a group of us um, based in the UK that will meet up and discuss the things that have annoyed us and what technical solutions can we find to to solve those problems. And it's very similar to actually now how I take that approach in the work that I do with data visualization or data analysis. It's you really want to try and provide a seamless experience in, in anything and everything you do. And that's Mm -hmm. what's actually led to a lot of my patents. So I've had patents in and around just making something as simple as email a little bit easier to use. Um, Particularly, I think I've got one uh, focused in and around being caught in an email, like reply all thread that you don't want to be involved in. Um, So it will automatically just um, you can hit a button and it just exclude you unless you're mentioned or a topic of interest that you actually care about gets brought up again. And then you can get automatically looped back in. Um, I've got a lot around augmented reality. So a lot around user interaction of augmented reality um, and how that can be improved and become more seamless. It's something that, especially when augmented reality kind of really first came to the, to the public market a few years ago, um, was quite a, quite a lot of friction in that. So that's something I've actually researched and, and done a lot of work in.
0: Dude, it, it sounds like you're just playing all day.
1: <laughs> and and you, you're, not, you're not wrong, to be fair. Um, I've somehow managed to convince someone to pay me for it as well, so it's quite good.
0: Yeah, I, I guess so. So, how do you define success then? Though?
1: Uh that's a, oh, that's hard. Um, how do I define success? Customer feedback, as cheesy as it sounds, for me, like I always do something with the user in mind, or trying to basically, I want someone to turn around and go, "Oh man, that's cool." like that 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 has helped me or that is just just generally that's cool um i want to be able to be on that frontier of technology i grew up like addicted to sci-fi and all that kind of thing right it's technology is a really really powerful um tool to to change lives as grand and as cheesy as that sounds i i genuinely believe that um and a lot of the opportunities that i've been fortunate enough to have at ibm uh, enable me to to make that impact and and whether that's on the scale of um, just on a football team scale, which is you know, no doubt what will come up in discussion later on, um, or soccer team, um, all the way up to things like um, improving the recovery after a natural disaster um, and initiatives like IBM have done with Call for Code that I've been involved in in the past. So um, any of those kind of scales of improvements we can make on people's lives is, is what I'm in it for.
0: Well, look, uh, if anything you can do to rid myself of the n- enormous amount of email i would be greatly appreciated (laughs) i'm very surprised there aren't more patents around email you know a ton of machine learning automated redirection of 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 notes etc because it's just it's still when it comes down to it it's still a a bunch of stuff in the inbox that comes in for the most part i mean they bettered at some but i I think there's a lot
1: more work we can do there oh absolutely And, and it's really quite surprising actually when you think about that like technology is very advanced right and if you if you go to like the general public and and say oh yeah you've got this particular t- technology or that particular particular technology people go, oh yeah that's great and it just works the way it is but everything can always be improved right any user experience or any interaction with any technology can always be improved um and and so i think that that approach on life when you mentioned about the is what's the measurement of success is quite difficult to be satisfied sometimes because Actually, you're always looking to how things can be better and how things can be um, improved. So um, that that can be a, a slightly negative side of the approach, but um, it keeps me busy.
0: Well, let me ask you this. This may be a different answer. How does your boss define success?
1: <laughs> that's very true. That's, that, that is a question that um, I'm not sure. I'm, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so f- actually, unfortunately enough that our department within IBM, um, we, we aren't responsible for making money. We aren't necessarily responsible for um, hitting particular business uh, requirements or anything, that kind of thing. Like we, we do get a lot of flexibility to, um, to go and explore and have conversations with clients that, that excite people. Um, and that really is the, the key difference. right? People, my boss will want people talking about the technology that I build. And, and whether that's like with yourself on on this podcast or whether that's, you know, in the media, whatever it is, like part of our job is to wow people and to make improvements on people's lives. So generally, if you're getting people talking about the stuff that you've built, you've done a good job.
0: Great. So I'm helping with your performance evaluation. I feel like I'm having a... Yeah, I really appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're welcome. (laughs) All right. So one of the most exciting projects that I've learned about is your work with Leatherhead fc in english football now yeah. um I, I i'm still learning english football uh in that you know it's soccer over here for us my daughters played extensively and competitively i i still don't i'm still not a fan of the offsides rule we could have a long chat about that but i i get the need for it but i also have a str- I struggle with it particularly when they miss it like half the time but anyway uh, I know you worked with the, the, you know, you worked to implement AI into training, game tactics, et cetera. Uh, sports obviously excite me as well. Tell me a little bit more about that.
1: Sure. So um, I imagine m- most listeners won't know who Leatherhead Football Club are, um, and I, I- I can safely say that because I didn't know who they were until I got into this project, and I'm a big football fan. So um, they actually operate in the seventh tier of English football. So unlike a lot of American sports with, with football in, in sports, generally in the UK you have the promotion and relegation scheme. So any team at a very low level, if they do well enough, can end up in the top league, which in, in our case would be the Premier League. Um, and if you get relegated seven times from the Premier League, um, you end up in Leatherhead Football Club's division, um, and for context, like the average attendance to a Leatherhead game is in the region of 300 people. Um, their, their budget was actually one of the lowest in the league um, and very, very low in comparison to any other sports that you consider in, in America or anything like that. So um, they were really up against it. And the work that we actually did was, how could we use IBM Watson and, and AI in, in general to assist a club like that in their performance? And there were varying different approaches that we took. But um, fundamentally, it was an incredibly successful project. Um, They actually began the season, uh, like I say, with one of the lowest budgets. We came in after four or five games. uh, And at the time, they were sat 21st out of 22 teams. Um, They only won one game, lost four of them. Um, the uh, at the end of the season, after our input and, and working alongside the team, they actually finished the, the, the team in, in seventh place. Um, they rose up the league um, huge amounts, had a really, really successful season and um, narrowly missed out on the playoffs, which would have given them the opportunity to get promoted. Um, and they even went on like a 10 game winning streak. It was uh, it was a really, really enjoyable project and, and season to be involved in. So,
0: So hold on for a second. All right, so I got it. Just to make sure I understand the logistics here. There's seven
1: tiers. Is that the lowest tier or are there more tiers below oh, that? Oh, in the English football, I think there's like 15. You can keep going. But when you get down to that level, you've got like one man and his dog on the sideline watching the game. So um, <laughs> you don't really get, um, yeah, you could argue there's still the tiers of English football. But um, yeah, there's, it's, it almost doesn't count.
0: So if if they win or or what what constitutes them being
1: able to go to like I presume the sixth tier. Yeah, so um the way the league works is if you finish in first place, you automatically next season will be playing in a tier above. If you finished in second, third, fourth or fifth, you would then go through to a playoff. Um, and so two teams play the other two teams, and then the winner of those two games play each other. The winner of that one game would then actually get promoted. Um, and so two teams from that 22-team league, team, uh, two, 22 team league uh, would end up in the, in the following division. So yeah, Leatherhead finished, I think, seventh. Um, so they were just two places outside of the playoff places, at which point they would have had a chance to get promoted.
0: So what's the ultimate destination
1: then? First tier and then becomes professional somehow in some way? Yeah, so the, they are actually semi-professional. So um, at Leatherhead, most of them are shop assistants, they're plumbers, they're builders, they're students um, earning something in the region of like 50 to 100 pound a week. Like that's their wage at Leatherhead. Um, whereas if you get promoted generally once or twice, um, you do start seeing a lot more professional football players. Um, and in the region of like maybe 20, 30,000 pounds a year, probably in the lower twenties, um, is, is the of wage you're looking at, but, um, you get pretty up to the premiership, right? The first tier of English football is the premier league. Um, then you're talking silly money.
0: And we are talking soccer here, right? In my definition.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yes.
0: Well, when they said, you said leatherheads, it, it makes me think of, uh, you know, rugby.
1: But Oh anyway. yes, no, so, so yeah, so, so Leatherhead is actually a, it's a town in England. So um, Leatherhead is a place, so it's Leatherhead Town FC. Oh. Got it, got it. So what, what give me an example of,
0: of the machine learning AI solutions that you Im- implemented for,
1: for the team? So we, we put it across two primary um, columns as such. The first one was around opposition scouting, and then the second one was around their own team's performance. So I'll start with the second one. Actually, their own team's performance. One of the challenges that we had was I mentioned earlier, right? They're, they're plumbers, they're builders. Even the manager and the coach, they aren't doing this full time, right? A lot of some of them don't even get paid. Um, so they are not necessarily technical people, whereas. Football or soccer is becoming a very technical sport and um, very much following a lot of the American sports in, in that um, regard with, you know, uh, NFL and the NBA very much in, in advance in terms of the analysis that they will do. Within soccer in the UK, one of the challenges is how can you make this data accessible to people that are not technical? And they know football. They know football or soccer inside out, right? They can tell you and talk to you about that for days and days and days. But what they don't understand is how to create a graph in Excel or create a graph in whatever analysis software you want to use or be able to do filtering on that particular data. So the the bridge that we made was utilizing IBM Watson, the staff, and originally we designed this for the coaches. Um, The coaches could go in and ask a question to Watson, for example, Um, or a query to Watson. So, for example, how do we best attack against a particular team? Like, how do we play when we play a particular formation? Do we score more goals down the left wing or the right wing? Um, Which particular players are most influential in my team? All of those kind of questions could be asked by the coach, who doesn't then need to have technical knowledge, he just needs to have football knowledge. And then Watson Assistant and IBM Watson would be able to then go in and process that language understand the intent of their language and go, here is the data that I think best represents the answer to your question. I will format it in the right way. I will visualize it in the right way. It would also produce video evidence as well. So we had video data um, of the games. So if I've said, do I score more goals down the left or the right, it might return me a customized video playlist of the goals I've scored from the left wing or the right wing or both. Um, but the idea was, and the, like I say the title of this podcast is, is ideal. It, it is making data simple. It's making it accessible. It's making it easy to understand for people that are not technical.
0: Yeah, yeah, makes sense. So this is like truly augmented intelligence. You take the data that you have. Who's put, where? Where do you get all the
1: data, by the way? So we actually worked with, with the the base event data um, is actually produced by a company called Opta. O P T A who provide the fact that there was a tackle and there was a pass and there was a shot. Um, What we actually also then did with Watson was train a machine learning algorithm to identify within that sequence of events, when does a play start and when does a play end? And it's easy to identify, for example, if a player is doing a throw in, right? Because it's a static start to a game and it's easy to identify the end when the ball goes out of play, where it gets more complex is actually in the, in the instances where, let's say, a player has intercepted the ball, but they only kept the ball for a second, and then the other team recovered it again. Well, did that constitute the change of a play? Is it actually that that interception was actually just part of the bigger play that the opposition had? Um, so there's some really interesting angles. It's quite a fluid sport to analyse. So Watson's understanding of a play and the context of a play was really, really valuable when conducting the analysis. Does does Watson actually watch the video and determine and, and gather data? Uh, so Opta provide that data. So they actually just have people sat in the crowd pressing buttons every time things happen. Um, and they do that at scale. They do that up to the Premier League level, not just in soccer, but also in rugby. They actually do it for the NFL, the NBA, the NHL. Um, so what Watson was using is the underlying data that Opta would produce, which was timestamped. Um, We also then had the video as we knew when the kickoff was happening in the video, we could align that quite easily. Um, But the the key piece that Watson was providing is that context of when did a play start? When did a play end? And then we had another model that would identify the type of play. So for example, a counter attack or a set piece free kick that was a direct shot on goal and a short corner, a long corner, whatever else you might define it as.
0: It seemed like there'd be a great opportunity for visual recognition to, uh, alleviate the need for manual effort for those folks sitting in the uh in the stands doing all this stuff though i always finish with the lightning round this is where we get to know you just a little bit okay uh so what it, <laughs> what a lightning round is 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 as it states is just just to riddle off some quick answers doesn't have to go i mean like a can be even one line answer Go in as as far as you want but it's intended to be fast that's all sure so i got a sure few questions that. i want to ask you no, All right. The, the first one's going to a little longer, and then the rest ones will be shorter. Uh, given your you're driving research, you're living the dream, as
1: we already established. Walk me quickly through your day. What does your day look like? It varies on a day-by-day basis and a week-by-week basis, depending on what I'm working on. But um, I, I, any ideas that get thrown my way, any problems I see, any customers that approach me, um, my, my job generally is to explore, innovate, create, invent any of those buzzwords, um, and and make something cool and emerging.
0: How did you get to a master inventor so quickly? What has it been? Is
1: it six years, really? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think I got that after about four or five years of of being at IBM or after the internship. So I was really fortunate. I mentioned um, Extreme Blue as as an internship, and I I can't speak highly enough of that internship at, at IBM. Um, they really encourage invention, innovation. It's a really intense 12-week summer internship. You get given a client um, and you just get told to go, right? The interns are in charge of that project. Um, and innovation is at its core. So in that environment, you, you generally thrive. And, and that really inspired me to push that same environment when I came back in my full-time day job um, and, and not all of my patents are related to my day job. Actually, probably more often than they're not related. So that blue sky thinking, that time away from your desk to kind of go, what crazy imaginative thing can I come up with? Um, that really, really helps uh, helps fill out the the time, but also come up with some great ideas.
0: What are you most proud of? Discounting family because we're all proud of family, but in professional life, what are you most proud of?
1: the the fact that I get to say that I work on something that I love as cheesy as that right. sounds, but that's, that's, I've I, I've been that's fortunate enough.
0: It's a good answer. Hey, if you could interview, interview anybody from your, your life living dead, who would it be and
1: why? Oh, that's a question. Oh, my immediate answer that came to my head would be Elon Musk. Um, yeah. Okay. Why? because he's crazy. He thinks out the box. (laughs) Um, I would love to just have a conversation and understand what goes on in his brain, because I think he has a lot of good intentions, doesn't always go about them the right way, but has a lot of good intentions and is trying to make a real difference, particularly in the aerospace industry. Um, And so, yeah, to sit down and have a conversation with that guy. I'm also a big fan of Tesla and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I think he's doing some really cool things.
0: In that, the way it goes, though, there's always a fine line of crazy. The line of distinction between crazy and genius is, oh, is absolutely. Very
1: absolutely. <laughs>
0: in fact, you got to be a little crazy to do some of this stuff. I look at the leaders in our, in our world right now, and they
1: all seem a little crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah I don't, I'm not sure how many of them are geniuses either, though. So um, I think they might sit <laughs> on the, the, the crazy side more than the genius side.
0: So what do you work towards in your free time? What do you do in your free time? i got to believe it's something sports, but I'm not going to give you the answer for
1: you. But. No, so I, I, I do play sports. I play um, soccer and, and basketball in my spare time. I actually do, I really enjoy um, animation. So a few years ago, it's something I've always been interested in, but never thought, oh, I can just go and learn that. Um, I've got a few things like that that I, that I like to do, but animation is something that I really have picked up. So there's an open source software called Blender um, that I've kind of just self-taught. Um, so I do 3D modeling, um, particularly like Star Wars vehicles and that kind of fun stuff, just because it's quite a nice inspiration that um, I really enjoy doing. So designing lightsabers and whatever else, and working eventually towards kind of doing full cinematic um, animations. Do you
0: have the same 24-hour
1: days that everybody else does? That's what I, want. <laughs> um, I, I do, <laughs> yes. Um, it's quite difficult to balance <laughs> it all. Um, and it certainly goes in phases, like the you know, the animation stuff, for example, I might not get to for a month or so, but then I'll blitz it for a week in the evenings when I'm not doing other things. So, um, yeah, it can certainly be a balancing act. How do you learn? Um, I actually, learn? yeah, I, I like learning from people, um, but actually more often than not now, but, well, Blender, for example, I've, I've learned everything through YouTube. And um, the YouTube tutorial community on, on for Blender is, is phenomenal. Um, uh, things like um, technical solutions, I have to have a project. So if I'm learning a new piece of technology or a new language, I have to have a project in mind because I find that's my motivation. Um, I don't generally just like following a tutorial for a tutorial's sake. Um, I have to have an idea or, or something else that's generally sparked the reason why I'm trying to learn it.
0: All right, so um, this is a case of would you rather this or that, aerospace or sports?
1: I can't ask that.
0: You got, you've got to, <laughs> I, You've got to fall uh,
1: over one side of the fence. Uh, uh, I would go generally sports. I think. <laughs> All right, football or American football? Oh, football. Sorry,
0: <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> We can have that debate later.
1: <laughs> football
0: or any of the other sports you mentioned?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, to watch, I really enjoy rugby um, and football, but to play uh, basketball or football?
0: Yeah, I would have similar answers. I, I have differ from what I like to watch from which I like to play. You yeah. know Star Trek? I do. Star Trek or Star Wars?
1: Oh, Star Wars, all day.
0: <laughs> all day long. All right. Well, Star Wars or any other, any other sci-fi?
1: Ooh, I'm, I'm a big star. I, yeah, I do. I do quite enjoy Star Wars to be fair. Um, yeah, I think I would have to stick with Star Wars on that one.
0: All right. Hey Joe, this has been great. Like I said, I think I've gotten to maybe a third, maybe a little bit, maybe, maybe a little bit over a third of the questions I had for you, but that's, that's an indication of how interesting the discussion was. I appreciate you being here today. I know the viewership's going to love it. So uh, thank you. This is a. I hope you finish your tea. I, I had to finish two or three beers by now. This is great. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much.
1: It was really interesting.
0: All right. Thank you all. And uh, again, for all the you listeners, tell us how we're doing. Provide us ideas on almartintalksdata at gmail.com. And until next time, uh, we'll see you on the podcast. Later. Thanks for listening to the Making Day a Simple Podcast. We make data fun. Be sure to visit ibmbigdatahub.com forward slash podcasts to access the show notes and uncover even more great episodes. Remember, the views expressed here are those of the host and its guests and do not necessarily represent the views of IBM. Until next time, over and out.